Yo, you wanna know the real secrets to growing a tribe? It takes more than just trying to get people to subscribe. You have to be consistent and build trust with your people. You have to be the one you say you will and not let them sit there. Our guest today is an expert in building online brands. So are you ready for her? Let me see your mother effing hands. Yes, my name is Sagish Rapper. I'm the host of the show and a very bad rapper. My guest this week is an online entrepreneur and podcaster with an awesome show where she interviews unconventional leaders you know like us people she's not only hosting her podcast she is building an amazing online brand while at it this means writing growing and running a team being active all across social media and building an audience in an authentic way in this episode we're going to talk about how to build an audience even if you don't have any audience yet we talk about the importance of networking which is how we met by the way and how you can do it too we talk about authenticity, work-life balances, entrepreneurs, and growing a podcast. So if you're looking to grow an online brand and audience, maybe a podcast one day, this is for you. Ladies and gents, it's my pleasure to present to you Heather Parody, founder of the Weekly Parody Podcast. Let's get mindful and ruthless. Yo, yo, yo. What up? Welcome, Welcome to the Mindful and Ruthless Podcast, where you will learn the mindset strategies and the tactics in order to develop a full-stack life. Hey everybody and welcome to the Mindful and Ruthless Show and today I have Heather Parody with me. Heather, how are you? I'm so good. How are you? Oh, great. I'm, I'm very excited to have you on the show and just to, to give context. So I met you through Instagram, right? Like that's the first time we kind of like connected. Like, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. So, so I found you through Instagram. We started DMing and like, oh, you have a show. Yeah. Like, and back and forth, like, you know what? How about we get you on the show? And, and then after that, we actually met physically. We met in Ohio when, in the Summit of Greatness. So to everybody who doesn't know, Heather is an podcaster as well and she has a show called the weekly parody and in her show she interviews unconventional leaders people like us entrepreneurs so in order to study what makes people take you know ambitious decisions or like basically like courageous actions uh, in order to build their lives in the best way possible so um Heather is not only hosting her podcast, she's building an amazing online brand and community, and that's what we're going to talk about today. She's an expert at building brands online, and that's something that I know you are all interested in. And Heather, was, did I get that right? Did I miss well, anything? I would say an expert, but I mean, you're kind. I'm no, learning. come on, come on. I'm looking at your, uh, at your feed, at your emails. Like, I'm, I'm a consumer. <laughs> so this is this is great stuff that you're putting out and I would love to talk to you about those things so everybody here can learn some. And yeah, so we met in the Summit of Greatness and then I remember at the Summit of Greatness, I was like with Tali, do you remember Tali? Yeah. And she, she was like, Heather Paraday's here. And like, what, Heather's here? No way. And, and you know her? Yeah, of course, she's great, she's awesome. I'm like, whoa, that's awesome. Like, I just met her through Instagram. <laughs> it's uh funny like everybody knows everybody and then I found out by the way that you interviewed Calvin only after like my coach only after we connected so I love Calvin he's like one of my favorites yeah he's awesome so yeah so anyways uh today I want to talk to you about building online brands and building audience how's that awesome I'm excited <laughs> cool cool so just before we we um dive deep into online brands and building audience and stuff how will you give us your story how do you become an online entrepreneur I don't know. I have no idea. Like I ask myself that all the time. I'm like, how in the world did this happen? 
and what is going on right now because none of this was in the plan, like none of it. Um, <laughs> I actually went to school. I spent seven years in school to be a therapist. A therapist? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I went and got my master's degree in psychology and all this, and that was the plan. And so I literally walked across the stage, got my diploma, went on a few job interviews, and I remember sitting in a waiting room on a job interview, and I just started crying because I was like, I do not want to be here. I don't want a job. (laughs) And I went through with the interviews and I got the jobs. I got the calls and said, Hey, we'd love to have you on the team. And I broke down crying again saying, I just don't want to do this. And I went to my husband and he is the best. He's super patient and kind. (laughs) And he said, Heather, most people don't cry when they get job offers. (laughs) (laughs) Like this isn't what you're (laughs) supposed to do. Um, But I struggled so much with it because here I was where I spent so so much time and energy and money getting this degree and following this plan. And I have a really long story with education too, where education didn't come easy for me. I had to work really, really hard for it because I didn't have a traditional education growing up. So it symbolized a lot for me giving up the plan and kind of taking a leap forward. And it's only been two years. So I consider myself a just very new entrepreneur, very new in this space. But it's one of those things where I knew that if I didn't at least try that, I would always wonder what if, and you can always go back to that job. You can always go back to doing any of that stuff. But like I said, luckily I have a super patient and supportive husband and I'm dumb enough just to jump all in. And we just, we've been doing this for a couple of years now. So that's awesome. That's, that's key. That's so important. First of all, I want to, I want to mention like having a, a great partner is so key, right? In order to be able to do what we do because it's like one of the most important things. You always got to be in sync. And that's what we talked about yesterday as well, like on the show with Leslie. It takes also a lot of thinking, right? A lot of like proactive work to say, you know what, I'm having a lunch this week or like something's going on with the business, like need more time. Uh, How about you be with the kids and I, you know? Yeah. Right? Like a lot of thinking. So what what are some of the things that you have around that? Like some of the habits maybe you built around that? Yeah. Yeah. I think Brian and I both, I mean, we're, we're imperfect at it, but we try to have meetings as much as possible. Like more, when I say meeting, like it's not super formal, but just a chance to stop and sit down and look at calendars and just talk about each other's lives, you know, yeah. and make sure that I know what's going on in his life and he knows what's going on in my life. Yeah. Um, one of the misconceptions I think with entrepreneurship and people who are doing their own thing and have a home office and all of that is that we just have all this flexibility and then we have all this extra time. And I really think it's the opposite because, you know, when I was considering going in, you know, getting the therapy job, I was crunching numbers and looking at stuff and I'm actually spending more time working now and doing more stuff than if I had a full-time job, which is crazy. So I think that communication piece is super key. And then also too, I'm very driven. Sometimes I'm embarrassed to say this because it's not the most flattering thing in the world, but I could work all day long and be thrilled. Like I could just sit down, make a pot of coffee and work until I'm 55. Like I just love working and it's just in me, but also to respecting that I do have a responsibility for my relationships and yeah. my husband and being you know, a good wife and paying attention to what's going on in his world. And like I said, I'm imperfect in that, but yeah. being intentional saying, you know what, you may be able to work 24 seven, but you can't sustain a relationship with that. And your kids need to see you and stuff like that. So yeah. 
setting healthy boundaries where, um, I heard this from Graham Cockrum. He's a great entrepreneur. He has a YouTube channel, check him out. But he actually sets working hours where mm-hmm. he says like, Hey, and it fluctuates, but says, Hey, if I'm done at X time, by God, I'm done by X time and yeah. telling your family that that way they can count on you that, Hey, mom's going to be there for dinner or, you know, we yeah. can go out and do this at this time and keeping those promises to them. Cause otherwise you could just work, 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 work and look up and you know, yeah. months gone by and everybody's pissed at you. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. And I, one of the things that I also try, like what, like you said, like is being that person that they can rely on. If I say that I'm done by this time, I'm done by this time. And um, I did have, you know, I did have falls and, <laughs> but it's so important to try to keep trying and kind of like be the person of integrity, right? That, that they can count on you. Uh, because at the end of the day, we're working for our families, like for ourselves as well, like to fulfill ourselves, but we're working to, to have our own lifestyle, our own family lifestyle and to enjoy those relationships. So, it's very important also to, to keep on developing that mindfulness about us having relationships and entrepreneurs don't talk about that enough. So that's, I, I want to talk about that, but now we can move on. So it's such an like, important topic. I'm glad you brought yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. And, um, and so how do you start, like, how do you start developing your audience and brand? Oh man. So when I was in grad school, I call it getting bit by the entrepreneurial bug. Like I started mm-hmm. consuming all this content, um, you know, in psychology, there's a lot of self-help material out there and we read a lot of that for our training and, and so forth. But there's also two just sprinkled in some entrepreneur stuff. So I started just listening to a lot of the great people, you know, like Jim Rohn and Gary Vee and all of that. And I'm just like, man, this idea that you could create a life for yourself and just to me equated freedom. Like when I think of building your own business and all that, it's, it's freedom, which is ironic because we're just talking about working so much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's what it's supposed to be is, is the sense of freedom. And so exactly. So I just, I loved it. I started blogging. I think it was 2007. I started doing that and that's where I, that's where I started. Did the Periscope scene. I don't know if you guys remember all of that. (laughs) Yeah, I just started playing around and doing different things. And at the time I had a, a photography business and I started in corp because it was just the best job, this freelance job that you could do really whenever you wanted. And while I was in school, it was great. And I built that business where I could really have gone full time with that too, just using some of the social media tactics and things that I was learning from some of these people. Right. And I realized I was like, hey, you could take these tactics and really apply it to any business, you know, outside of, you know, the media photography business into anything. And like I said, I just, it's been something that hasn't, I haven't been able to let go of. And ultimately I'm, I'm very mission oriented and uh-huh. consumed with the idea of like, what can we do as leaders to make an impact in this world and to reach more people, not just to make money, which is important, but also to, to, you know, spread a message that could potentially change people's right. lives and reach people that we would never be able to reach before. And when I'm sitting there in the counseling room with people, all I kept thinking about was how can I reach more and not that that work is not so important and has its place, but my mind couldn't get off the power of the internet. So, <laughs> Yeah. I think as entrepreneurs, we have something like an adrenaline rush when we create some piece of content or something like that. And then like we see people consume it. Right. So right. it's kind of like we're junkies of that, <laughs> of that feeling. Or when, yeah. Or when you get like emails from people across the world who, you know, yeah. you, didn't even because I don't know about you but sometimes you put out things out into the world and it's like 
you see a number on the analytics, but it's hard putting a face and a name to that. But when you start hearing from your people <laughs> and hearing that they, wow, whoa, people are actually listening to this and reading this. And these are real. <laughs> this isn't just a number. It's yeah, worth it. Amazing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So you actually have been in the game since 2007 in a way. Yeah, I've been researching and learning about it since then. I didn't. I don't think I've really took it seriously though, yeah. um, until the past couple of years, where I was like, "Hey, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to own it and do this." So what happened? What made you take this decision and say, "I'm going to own it"? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it was something that I didn't meet with excitement. I met with a lot of tears and frustration because mm-hmm. I guess I felt silly saying I wanted to go in on all this because Uh I had worked so hard and spent so much of our family's money and time on pursuing this degree and this career that it was almost embarrassing or shameful for me to like throw that away and pursue something else. I didn't want to be disrespectful for all my family had sacrificed to put me through, you know, graduate school is not easy. And I was working and going to school and our family gave up a lot to do what they did. And afterwards, the reason I had these breakdowns is because I knew deep down I wanted to do this, my own path, my own thing. I, lo- I, you know, most of my cohort would go home and they would consume more psychology stuff. And I would go home and plug in Gary Vee and listen to like <laughs> podcasts on entrepreneurship and like completely forget all about it. And you know, that thing they say, whatever you do in your free time is an indication of what you're supposed to be doing. So like I said, it was really the support of my husband, you know, just saying, Hey, Heather, I see this in you and you have what it takes to go ahead and do it. And then, like I said, I went through with the job interviews and we did all that stuff and just broke down crying. And I knew that then I had to try at least. Nice. So you made that decision and what was the first thing you did? Um, I started producing more content. I started getting more intentional okay. with putting out, you know, at the time it was, you know, for years when I said I wasn't very serious about it, it was kind of like one of those things where you know, people say, Oh, I blog. But what does that really mean? It's like you yeah. put up a blog whenever you feel like it and whatever you have inspiration. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when yeah. I decided, hey, I'm going to take this seriously and I want to do this with my life, I got a freaking content calendar and I started putting, yeah. like, I, I started acting like I was getting paid for things that I wasn't getting paid for. Okay. Got it. You know? And, yeah. And started taking it that seriously. Like there was somebody looking over my shoulder that I had to show up and put out, you know, more content and treat it like it was a job. And that was on your blog. That was like blogging, right? That was before podcasting. No, this was, this, this was podcasting. I started podcasting right when I was giving up everything. So, oh, okay. Got it. So, I all right. Write. I hate writing. And then I started thinking <laughs> like, why did I podcast? Because podcast, you can talk. I didn't cool. realize how much work that was. That's a lot of work. I think that's one of the points that like you hit right now, which is like, everybody got to find their uh, sweet spot, right? Where they feel that they can produce the content that they need to produce, but in the best way that they can. I mean, if you're finding talking, you know, as, as, as the best way for you to produce content, then great. You're, you're like in your, not in your comfort zone, but in your zone of greatness. But if you're like, if you love writing, you can write. And I know uh, I have a friend, uh, Ron Segal, I'll get them here on the show as well. He's like, he's a, a celeb YouTuber in the design world. He's like got over 40 or 50,000 followers. And he's like, I, I talked to him and he used to write. And he told me, he told me like, listen, like I, I put a video every day just because it's way easier for me than writing a post. Then I'm like, how can you do that? It's like, that's easier for me. And, and for me, like putting out YouTube videos is like massively hard. So I understand what you're saying. And I think it's very important for everybody to kind of understand when they want to produce content, when they want to create audience, just the first thing you got to understand is 
What's your source of content? What's your platform that you can be consistent over time, right? Right. Because there is no right way. There is none. And yeah. we want this formula. We want this like, okay, you need this, this, this in place. And you have yeah. to post this many times and you have to do this and this. But the whole beauty and curse of all of this is that there is no roadmap and you have to figure out what works for you. And especially at the beginning until you have people helping you like a VA or an employee or something like that, you cannot do everything. At least do it well. You know, it's just impossible. So really niching down and starting like, what do I get excited about? What comes easy for me? What is most accessible to me? I think it was really interesting. We just hosted a summit on how to build an audience. And I interviewed 12 people about who have built strong tribes across all different platforms. And they're all very passionate about their different avenues for building an audience, but they all agreed. I picked this because it came easy to me or it excited me or I liked it. I mean, one lady built a six figure business from freaking Pinterest and she's like, all I do is Pinterest. You don't need anything else. Oh, Another day, <laughs> like LinkedIn, LinkedIn's where it's yeah. at. You don't need anything else. Yeah. So when people hear that, they're like, Oh my God, I need Pinterest and LinkedIn. <laughs> no. What do you like? What comes natural? Where's your tribe at? You yeah. Know? I think it's, it's so important to, to also kind of like think about that. Where you, where's your tribe at, right? Probably if you find podcasting easy, it's because you listen to a lot of podcasts and you thought that you think it's easier. Like, so you're also a consumer of what you kind of like put out. So people like you are probably listening to podcasts and you'll find that crowd easier. But yeah, I guess like one of the things that I try to think about right now, like at a larger level, right? When you start out, you have to find the best for you. Later on, you need to think, how do I um, repurpose content or how do I create content on all those other platforms as well? I see you. I saw you now have a YouTube channel. I mean, it's not you, but you have a YouTube channel as well. Mm-hmm. You have a blog. You're connecting with emails. You're doing the work like on all different channels because at one point you got to understand some people consume YouTube and they, they will not consume podcasts. Some people consume podcasts. Some people will consume blogs. Some people will consume email. Some people will consume YouTube as podcasts. I know those people as yep. well. <laughs> so it's kind of like, it depends on like where, like later on in the game, you should think about different platforms. But yeah, at the beginning, totally think right. about yeah so so heather like you you started working on the on, on your podcast and how do you get people to come on your podcast to come on your show Ooh, well i think huh. first i cannot just explain how important networking is and i know people are just like oh i don't network blah 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 you can network in any way that you feel comfortable networking like like here's a few things first of all if you like phone call people if you like text text people if you want to facebook message people facebook message people there's also different features on most apps where you can voicemail people to add it a little more personal but keeping in touch with people constantly i think is so important and i didn't realize that as much until i started (laughs) podcasting but at first i just exhausted my own network Fortunately, like I said, I'd been blogging for several years. So there were already people out there who, you know, knew what I was, knew what I was about. I'd already built Facebook communities at that point and everything. So I already had some people kind of low hanging fruit for lack of better terms who, you know, were in my tribe and I could, could ask. And from there, I think one of the most important questions you can ask someone is, who do you know that I should know? Who is somebody that you think I could help or I could serve and connecting with the other people's audiences and their networks? And then two, first asking the question, like, what can I do to serve you and what can I do to help you? Uh, People are so kind. People are so generous. I think more often than not, people are more than happy to help you, especially when you come from a place of like, hey, I really want to support you and support what you have going on first. I've met very, I mean, with the summit and I had a show before the show that now, I mean, I've interviewed well over 100, 150 people now, and I would say 99.99% of them (laughs) were just so kind, so kind. Yeah, so. that's awesome. 
Yeah. Um, I probably said that on the show before, but when I was in Burma, uh, I had a driver. One day, like we had so much fun together, like, and I met him just at the airport, like when I landed in Burma. And I said, how can it be that we met and we have so much fun together? And he's like, listen, good people meet good people. So it's, Ooh, that's good. <laughs> that's good, right? It's kind of like, oh, it makes sense. Like, like it's, it's a great way of thinking. Like good people meet yeah. good people. And yeah. I don't think it's a struggle for long. I think, you know, for the first six months, I struggled like figuring out, filling out a content calendar. I think yeah. if you stick with it past the initial hump, after it's not going to be that way forever. Like after a while, it's just like, okay, you having to turn people down and you have your way ahead of your schedule. And it's not necessarily something that's a problem anymore because when you get that ball rolling, I don't know what happens, but you just yeah. start constantly meeting new people and your calendar stays full. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, um, it's something that I guess a lot of people are fearing when starting a podcast. They're like, how am I going to get people on my show? Uh, so first of all, you just do, you network. And I think like what you're mm-hmm. saying is super important. And while you were talking, it's always funny for me, like sometimes like seeing where, how I met different people. So it turns out we met through the summit. I like, I didn't remember that, but we both joined the summit of greatness Facebook group when we bought our ticket. So we, when we joined the summit of greatness Facebook group, there was a thread. Someone asked in a thread, what's your Instagram profile? And we all kind of like started following each other. And then following is not enough because we followed, like, you know, I follow a lot of people, you follow a lot of people, but you send me a message saying, hey there, it's Heather from the Summit Facebook group. So happy to connect. Where are you from and what do you do? You want to know something? I started that Instagram thread and it had, I think, five or 600 comments and I, I messaged every single person. Nice. Wait, and you started the thread? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. So that's I messaged networking. every freaking person at that summit, everybody. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. It's, it's a lot of work, you know, and what's I know that sounds crazy to a lot of people. And sometimes Ron's just like, Heather, you're too much. But I think the most valuable resource you have is human beings, a hundred percent. And so yes. even if you don't, you know, do business with somebody, even if y'all don't aren't each other's guests, a human being, a friend, a connection, you have no idea where not only they could help you one day, but also you could help them. There's no telling like who, you know, who they may need to know and just really placing importance and value in that or understanding that our personal growth, where we head in life is all based on the people that we surround ourselves with. And yeah. just a little bit of act of saying like, Hey, I'm going to reach out to this person and say, Hey, what's up? How are you? I mean, like, man, I would say half more than half of my friends came from that. way. Yeah. And so. it's massive action. You know, the people join the Facebook group. Some, some people don't even join the Facebook groups or of events. Some people don't go to events, but once you did like what you joined the Facebook group, you also initiated a discussion like, and you initiated this kind of like people answering, like tons of people answering with their Instagram account. You went through, followed through and, and followed every one of those. And then after that, you followed up and sent a message to every one of those. And then this is not enough because some, when we send out messages, we get messages back. So you basically networked and talked, created conversations. And that's on top of your regular work, right? It's not easy. This, this is massive action. And I think it's important to realize and kind of like notice that it's one of the key principles in having uh, entrepreneurial success, I think, is, yeah. is going the extra mile. It's doing that thing that people, other people just don't do because it's yeah. too, too much, you know? You did that, so congrats. This is amazing. Like, this is pretty awesome. <laughs> can I, can yeah. I share a story real quick about that? Yeah. It, it's one of the most pivotal points in my life, something that happened to me when I was in my early 20s. Long story short, I mentioned earlier that I had a struggle with education at the beginning. Um, I didn't really finish past about eighth grade. 
Um, I had a really crazy upbringing. And when I first started college, I avoided college for a long time because, you know, I was embarrassed. I didn't think that I'd get through it because of, you know, not having an education beforehand. Mm -hmm. So when I first started college, I was actually in developmental classes and to try to catch up. Uh And I was in my late or my early twenties and my very first day of school, I went into my classroom and I was so scared because I didn't feel like I had the resources. I didn't feel like I had um, the background and anything to succeed in that classroom. Well, anyway, when I, when I go into the class, I sit down and I looked around and no one in the classroom was paying attention. Like they were <laughs> kicked back and they're, they were like texting on their cell phones <laughs> and they were eating Cheetos and the teacher was freaking talking and they weren't listening. And now I know that's normal. But at the time I was just completely shocked because I was thinking, how can people just not take advantage of the opportunity that they have right in front of them? <laughs> and right then I realized within the education at least, and it transferred into other areas of my life that you may not have all the resources, you may not have all the education, you may not have the training, but all you have to do is care a little bit more than the next guy yeah. and you can make it. I ended up sitting in the front of the classroom, learning as hard as I could. I graduated, I mean, all the way through my bachelor's and master's and honors. And it wasn't because I was the smartest person in that room. It's because I cared way more (laughs) than most of the people around me. And so translating that into what we're talking about, you know, I think people are so overwhelmed when they get into this game because it is overwhelming. There's so much going on and people are normally flaunting what they have and putting on a persona that like, Oh, I'm a badass and I have this big business and I have all these followers (laughs) and you're just overwhelmed because you're like, where do I even start? You know? Right. Right. But what I'm trying to say here is if you just have a little more heart and a little more grit, it's going to take you so much further because people give up, people quit because it is just this daily small grind of heart, putting your heart out there, putting your heart out there consistently and it will pay off, you know? And it does, it pays off. Like, listen, like here, you're on my show (laughs) and we connected. And like, I guess like that's only one out of like dozens of relationships that you built just with this one action that you took back then. And you take these actions all the time. So basically you're building your success and this is pretty awesome. Yeah, and, and that's a great story as well. Like, I didn't know that you didn't like finish eighth grade and, and had yeah. these challenges. So yeah, that's, I guess every great entrepreneur needs a great story. So <laughs> it's like, you have yours for sure. And so now you're taking this thing into your like entrepreneurial brand. I want to I wanna ask you a question now, going back to starting a brand uh, in general, whether it's a blog, whether it's a podcast, because a lot of people listening and watching right now still have their day jobs. I'm kind of like looking to, start in their own online brands my question is like how can it start because you talked about the imposter syndrome or like looking at every all the successes out there and saying oh my god they have so many followers let's take it specifically for you know what for any online brand how can someone just start <laughs> yeah imposter syndrome is such a interesting topic the, the very first summit that i hosted this summer was on imposter syndrome and we had 20 huh, speakers cool all talking about imposter syndrome. And the reason I wanted to study that specifically is because I think that comes up so much in my own mind. And then all the people in my tribe is who am I to do this? Yeah. The most interesting thing to me that I discovered in talking to all these people is that no matter what level of success they were at, everyone felt that way. There's always this other level that they want to go. And there's always this new thing that they want to reach. And so, you know, I can look at you and I can be like, Oh my God, you know, he's had millions of people on his blog and like, oh, you know, he's reached it. But you're thinking in your mind, like, oh man, I want to reach whatever this person's at. And you know, it's like this. I want to be like Heather. 
<laughs> yeah. It's this never ending game of yeah. I'm not there yet. And so first of yeah. all, just understanding that everyone feels that way in their own level and kind of normalize those feelings. And second of all, first of all, it's going to take a lot of time. And like I said earlier, it's those who don't give up. I completely believe it's those who don't give up or the ones who win. I believe that it's not the smartest person in the room. It's not the person who has all yeah. the resources. It's not the person whose blog looks better or logo looks better or has the best branding colors. It's the person who says, you know what? On Sunday, I have one hour to write a blog. And if that's all I have, I'm going to be faithful with that. Yeah. You know, there's a scripture that says he who is faithful with the little can be trusted with a lot. And I think that the universe, God, whatever you, that you believe in, gives us little bitty pieces and says, Hey, are you going to be faithful with this? And until we show that we are, we're not going to be given more and given more because often we want to just jump in and have, you know, a top rated podcast or a best selling book. But if we can't be faithful with a blog and have 20 people read it and still show up for those 20 people, we don't deserve millions of people. Right. I, I, I think that's so important to understand that as well, because it's like, it's like bits and pieces. I think the universe, like, exactly like you're saying it gives you only what you're ready for um and prepares you for the next level and it's like you know if you go to the gym and you start lifting weights you will not start from the heavy weights right you'll start from the like the small things that you can and then gradually you can you can boost that a bit more a bit more a bit more but your body changes as well so your body is now capable of taking it to the next level and in order for us to reach our next level every time over and over again we have to ditch our old selves every time in order to reach our, our next level and imposter syndrome is just a part of that. You're like, Oh my God, can I ever do this? And like, yes, you can. So I think it's, it's a very important point, by the way, I think it's one of the guests on my show that said that back then. And, but um, someone once told me we're thinking of ourselves a few months before now. So if, mm-hmm. if you made all this progress, your mind is stuck back in your, in your recent self um, all the wow. time right it's, it does it make it makes sense right that's good yeah like you you're already so successful but you're probably thinking you're like less successful than you actually are you're like stuck in that old self of you and you always have to kind of like find your way back and like wait where am i now okay good you know i'm i'm this much successful yeah. now i'm like yeah <laughs> and, and like i said earlier we we all deal with that there was this one time I also have a nonprofit. I've had a nonprofit for about five years and mm-hmm. I now sit on the board with it. And, but at this, at the beginning, when I first started, it was, it was the most intimidating thing in the world. And I was second guessing myself. I didn't know what I was doing. I had started a business before, but a 501 is a completely different thing. And I went to this conference uh, where there was this woman speaking who had a nonprofit too, in the same kind of realm as me. And her nonprofit was huge. She had hundreds of volunteers and she had just this huge budget and she was traveling and speaking and she was mm-hmm. just like way ahead of where I ever thought I could be. Yeah. After she got done speaking, my friend said, Hey, do you want to go meet her? And I was like, yeah, let's go do it. <laughs> so we, we go up to meet her and I guess she didn't realize we were standing there because she was kind of confining in a friend. And I overheard her say, Oh my God, do you think I did? Okay. How do you think people received it? I felt so stupid up there. And she was just gushing out all of this insecurity and self-doubt. Yeah. And she was a woman who was very successful and very well known where I come from. And hearing her own insecurity and doubt, although I felt, you know, felt bad for her, it was one of the greatest gifts I could have been given because yeah. I realized that even, even her, people who were way ahead of me still struggle. The only difference is they act anyway and they do it anyway, regardless yeah. of how insecure they are. Yeah, I think that's something that once you also 
find yourself in circles of successful people, you find that everybody has it. Like everybody has the imposter syndrome. Um, like even, even Pat Flynn that, you know, I'm in his mastermind now. He, he admits that he has these, these moments. And I see like, I'm, I'm in this group of like uh, 12 amazing entrepreneurs. Like everybody's more successful than the next. And I hear on the calls like all the time, someone else like on, in their turn, like, oh, I don't know if like, I'm serving my people right. I don't know if, I'm, if I can do this. Like, and, and everybody's like, are you crazy? You're you. <laughs> like, you had the same as TED Talks. Over like a million people that watched it. How, are you, how can you even doubt yourself? So we all are in this kind of yeah. loop. So it doesn't matter where you're starting off. And I think it's a great point for you giving people like this is a tip for whenever they are starting out right like you're saying like imposter syndrome is imposter syndrome is there then don't don't let it hold you back so that's the right. first thing what are some more tips that you have for building audience when you when you start off i think you know everybody says consistency but like i said it's yeah. it's really a matter of building trust and i don't think i'm not as sold on building big audience as opposed to building a strong audience so Engaged. i would much right. rather have you know, like my Facebook group right now, we have, I think 183 people in it. It's not a huge group, but when I ask a question, everybody like talks, everybody responds <laughs> to each other. They're engaged. Awesome. They're there. And sometimes in my mind, I think like, Hey, I wish I had, you know, thousands of people, but in the same sense, you know, you have to, you know, get the right community and make sure that it's a strong niche tribe. And that comes from yeah. really building trust with them where they feel like they know you, they feel like they, they can trust you, that you're going to show up for them. And that's one of my biggest pet peeves is I work right now with a lot of different people who are content creators, whether they're podcast hosts or have blogs. And the number one thing that I see with content creation is that people don't take it seriously, that they think it's an afterthought and it's not a big deal if I don't post my weekly blog and time, or it's not a big deal if I don't have this episode and all that. Yeah. And I'll get on to them. I'll be like, you have, you need to be posting and you need to be <laughs> consistent. And they're like, Oh, but it's not, you know, there's no ROI on that blah, blah, blah. And I understand when you're running, you know, a business where you may have like a physical product and such where it's hard to attach dollars to content. But in the same sense, when you're building an online brand and if you have any interest in passive income, you've got to take that seriously. And like I said earlier, even if you're not making money in your content right now, act like you are because you're not going to make money with your content until you treat it like that. Right. And so, you know, if it's one post a week or every other week, like I said, it's a freaking date that. I post on Sundays at three o'clock and you have to be consistent with that. And you have to own that and take it very, very seriously. Cause like I said, people want to trust you and they want to know that you're going to do what you say. Yeah. Why would they follow you? Why would they engage with you otherwise? So I think that's, that's foundational for me. Yeah. It makes me think a lot about, you know, the things that I do with my audience. Like I, you know, I have this show and it's, it's, you know, every week I do have things that I wish could be more, kind of steady so it's a it's a great way of thinking about it like be there for them and be there for them whenever you say you're going to be there for them so it will build trust so consistency along with precision in what you're saying like so it's kind of like you're building that trust with your audience and i want to hop back into you right now okay you have the, the podcast you have the blog you have a newsletter you have like so much so much content going on first of all can, can you let me know like how's your team built my team yeah. We just started developing a team this year. So this is very new for me. Um, mm -hmm. I do a lot of outside of content creation for my own personal brand. You know, I have what 
was just a completely solo freelance business where I did podcast production and social media management and email marketing and all that for various entrepreneurs. Um, we just started hiring out and outsourcing some of that. So kind of building a small okay. agency type thing. So that's Got where it. my income is mostly coming in from right now. So that's very new learning how to train people and <laughs> build a system where I'm not spending more time working with people as opposed to just doing it myself. That's, you know, kind of my big learning curve right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's that element of it. And then to also tasking some of them with some of the stuff that for my own personal brand, I feel like I'm in such a learning phase. And it's another thing I too wanted to bring up with uh, building an audience. And I'm stealing so much of this from the summit. Our, our speakers were so incredible. They had, I, I learned so much from them, but one of the things that they mentioned was listening, you know, being very intentional with listening to the pain points of the tribe that naturally gathers around you. Cause often yeah. we think we know what they want and what they need. And when you ask a question, I know for me, I'm always just shocked where I'm like, oh, wow, y'all want this kind of content? Oh, wow, this is something that's bothering you? Because I thought it was something completely different. So my own brand in the show, I feel like is in this constant, just evolving and changing based off of what I'm learning from our audience and what they need and how we can best serve them. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting building a team underneath that because it has to be someone, you know, people who are quick on their toes and willing to be like, Hey, scratch that. We're doing something different this week. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, part of it, it's just a part of it. So, so now like, by the way, like recruiting a team, getting a team together, like hiring, uh, managing, it's something that I also kind of like experienced in the past year, kind of like learning. It's, it's a huge learning curve, understanding how to run a team, how to manage yeah. well, how to set them up for success, how to handle team members that are not doing so well, how to, it's so much stuff, but it's, yeah. um, it's, it's important, right? You know, at, at this phase to kind of like grow on in order for you to be able to do what you're doing. So, um, you mentioned just a bit of your, uh, summit about like building an audience. Uh, can I go back to that? Just one second. I know we're like hopping in between topics, but like going back to that and you said you had some insights, like what are some of maybe, maybe the key points out of the summit for building an audience that you can share with us? Mm, the one-on-one -on -one relationships. It's so tempting to just look at numbers and analytics and like we talked about earlier kind of detaching the human being behind that number I actually have it I'm looking at it, my computer right now you know Pat talks about every number is a person every number is a human being and so especially when you're first starting off building an audience sometimes you get just so discouraged because you're like oh my goodness only a hundred people listened or watched this you know that's a lot of people if they were all in a, in a room you know 30 people if they were in a room with you heck 15 people who show up for you in your living room, you would be humbled and amazed by that. But for some reason, we detach ourselves from that online, you know, because we just yeah. see a number instead of a human being. So answer your question, the reoccurring theme that I heard in the summit is they really built their audience, not by tricks, not by figuring out some system, not by any kind of shortcuts other than this one-on-one -on -one slow building of tribe and community. And that's where it's, frustrating slash exciting because it's super simple but it takes a while you know? yeah and you know it takes a while and some people are just like they need to get their community up they're also stressed on cash when those two collide it's kind of like a problem because you need to understand you're playing the long game with any community right but once you have an engaged yeah. audience and you and you build that over time then you can sell products to them later on and everybody will you know 
you'll put out products that are more relevant for them because you know them better and everybody would be willing to pay you for your product. So yeah, it's definitely something that a lot of people are wanting to jump straight into. Them. I want to build an online course. Okay, wait, wait. The audience first, right? Like you want to give value first, right? Like, yeah, yeah, value, whatever. I want an online course. I want to like, you know, be mega successful. I'm like, no, listen, like it doesn't work like that. <laughs> no, like, I did that when I first started off um, before when I was in my getting my bachelor's, I was, you know, like I said, just started off the entrepreneur thing. And I'm like, man, you can, you can build an online course and people will pay you. Man, I spent all summer long on my break working my tail off on this course. I hadn't built an audience. I hadn't been doing anything. I just worked my tail off building this course and you throw it out online. This was like uh, 2014, no, 2012, 2013. And I was like, boom, no one. Hours and hours of my life. And now, now I know, but at the time, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and so many people do that, right? It's like they come like, oh my God, like online courses, like I'm going to make passive income. And like, mm-hmm. It just doesn't work like that. You have to give value. You like, it comes down to: Are you a value-giving person? Uh, do you want to teach others? Do you want to share yeah. from your experience? And yeah, I guess when you're building an audience for the first time, you have to just share out of what you know because you'll always be like, you know, at some level, and some people will be just below the, the level right. of knowledge that you have, so you can just share with them. So we said one-on-one. Um, we said consistency and along with precision and like build, building the trust. And what what are the things? authenticity, being oh. willing to share the things that really embarrass you or make you right. feel like you are, because you know, it's tempting that you want to build this authority and that you have it all together and that you're super successful and all this stuff is working <laughs> and being willing to get on, you know, your platform, whatever it is. And I'm not saying like air your dirty laundry, like where it's too much, but in the same sense, you know, create a human connection where it's like, Hey, I'm scared to death of this, or I'm struggling in this area, or I haven't made it in this. And just opening that side to yourself, people love that. They connect with that. It makes them trust you. It makes right. them want to be around you because you're not just filling them up with how awesome you are. There's no relationship in that. People can't relate to it. So again, mm-hmm. it's all this hard stuff. It's the stuff that we don't want to do, but that's right. it's what needs to be done. So. I totally understand. Like one of the uh, episodes that I had, one of the first ones was uh, Dr. Shannon Irvin, who was like, she's a coach for high performance. And I just let her coach me. And then after that, I got a lot of messages saying, Sagi, that was amazing. Like, this is something that I really connect to. Thank you for being vulnerable. And and I'm like, huh, yeah, it makes sense. Because I opened up and shared my fears and my my, uh, struggles. And it's kind of the thing. So what are your struggles right now? (laughs) What are your fears? What are your struggles right now with the business? Mm. Man, I'm trying to pick one. (laughs) (laughs) I guess where I'm struggling right now is, and I don't know the answer to this. So I feel very torn between making money and also kind of wanting to do work that doesn't pay money, Uh I guess. There's this deep interest in me to make passive income and figure out that piece. Cause I haven't figured that out yet. I'm just now learning about funnels and systems and, you know, creating online digital products. Cause right now it's all been freelance work and, you know, one-on-one clients. So that's kind of my big venture right now that I'm, I'm learning. But then there's this other part of me that's really torn where I want to spend some other time, like kind of more in a nonprofit type space. My intention through all of this is to kind of return back to the people that I was counseling at the beginning at risk youth. That's, that's my heart, but 
there's a lot of things I want to do. Like I have an idea for a workbook that I want to produce next year. And I've been thinking about going in some schools and doing some free events and stuff like that, but I'm so pressed for time right now. It's so hard because I feel like the thing that I'm called to do, that's really pulling at me. And it's the thing that I need to do. It's so hard figuring out how to make time for that. And then to keep up with all my client work and figuring out how to build systems and the online brand and then still be a wife and still be a mom. And there's just all these <laughs> moving pieces where, yeah. you know, I feel like I come up short so much and I'm kind of half-assing all of it where I don't want to pick between any of it, you know, but mm-hmm. figuring out how to do it all and do it well is just so hard for me right now. Yeah. Um, I struggle a lot being a mom because there's this element where I want so bad for my girls to see their mom do crazy things and things that scare her and go outside Mm -hmm. the box. You know, even if they don't want to do that one day, it still gives them a reference point that they could, you know, do something a little different if they wanted to. But in the same sense, you know, I just asked Bron this other day, I said, you know, am I a good mom to them? Am I showing them enough attention? You know, do they feel loved by me? Because I I don't know. I, I feel like my time is so little with them, (laughs) you know, I've been trying to take up more time off on the weekends, but, um, I don't know. I I struggle with that a lot. Yeah. I mean, I thank you for sharing. That's like, that's vulnerability right there. And I guess it's what we all struggle with in a way, like, you know, as entrepreneurs, like, you know, like you said at the beginning, we work from home, we have, you know, full flexibility, but yet we had so many moving parts in our lives. I think that's also one of the exciting things that we, about what we do because we do our lives. We don't do work-life balance. No, like just yeah. like it's, it's the balance of everything in, you know, all together. And we also separate that and we want to build success in each and every one of those areas. You say you want to be a good mother. You want to be a good wife. You want to be a good online entrepreneur. You want to be a good provider for your clients. You want to be a good person in the world doing good and, and giving back to the community and like with your nonprofit and stuff. So it's kind of those kind of things are like pulling in different directions, but you being able to bounce off of that and saying that you like declaring that you want success in each and every one of those, I think this is what will get you there and what will get any, anybody like shooting for those things there. So it's awesome. Like that, I, I think, you know, it's a struggle, a constant struggle, but it's awesome that you're always conscious and aware about it. You're mindful about it. Yeah. Right. But there's two diff- differences. I don't know if you deal with this, but being physically present and also mentally present and really being there, you know, and I think that's where I struggle because I can like say, okay, I've done it with work, but then I'm sitting there with my kids. So I'm like, I'm looking at them like this, but my mind is thinking completely, you know, <laughs> I'm still in my work zone. And so getting really engaged yeah. with the person in front of me, I hate saying that I struggle with that, but with a hyperactive mind type <laughs> A person, it, it's it's really difficult. Something that I'm we all do. I'm, yeah, we all do. Yeah. We all do. Um, and I think it's supernatural. Um, and it's just mindfulness. It's mindfulness practice. Do you do meditation, by the way? I do. I do. Okay. So that helps. Yeah. I know I, I, for me, at least I call it the switch. When you're there, you got to like be there. And, and every time a thought comes up about work, I'm trying to stop it. I'm trying to be conscious and I go, okay, work, work, work. Great. Thank you. Thought goodbye. And I'm with my kids. <laughs> kind of like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying, but yeah, I know it's like, this is a struggle that we all struggle with in a way. Right. But at the end of the day, us thinking about it makes it you know, makes us be there with our kids while yeah. we're still crushing it at work. And it's what makes us be able to grow our kids looking at the successful parents and also yeah. 
teach them mindfulness and teach them to be with us when they're wandering off, you know, in the middle of like dinner or whatever, like, hey, let's talk about today. Like, you know, <laughs> so I, yeah. yeah, I mean, the mindfulness piece is important. It's a great, great topic that you brought up. So um, I'll get back to content creation. So right now, like, let's talk about the podcast because I know a lot of people want to want to grow a podcast. So how do you, how do you grow a podcast? What are your strategies? All right, just wanted to take a short break here. Um, if you listen to this episode all the way here, it means you probably find value in it, right? So, well, I wanted to just let you know that this is a weekly show and it's published first on the Mindful and Ruthless Facebook group as it's recorded live. Yes, this is a Facebook live interview and it basically allows you to interact with the speakers and myself and ask questions as we're recording the podcast and we are trying to answer all of those questions so if you haven't already be sure to search and join the mindful and ruthless group on facebook i promise you you'll find amazing value in joining this community as long as basically joining a community with a lot of other amazing entrepreneurs so all right back to the episode well consistent be consistent uh, <laughs> yeah. I think a really interesting point that I heard somebody else say, I, I listen to so much stuff. I can't even accredit people anymore. Um, <laughs> but they talked about if, I think it was from Calvin's show, actually, uh-huh. they talked about if you want to build your own voice and your own brand, it's important to not only have guests, but also to have like solo segments solo. so people can hear from you and you can kind of build your authority in that, in that space. Yeah. And I kind of avoided that at the beginning because again, it's that vulnerable side where it's like, who would want to hear from me? And what am I going to talk about? And normally the things you would talk about are things that you're kind of scared to share. But I think it's really important if you're starting a podcast, even if you don't have a whole episode, have some places in there where people can really get to know you and you can have a space to share your stories and your struggles. Because it's interesting. I can interview people who are just huge and amazing and totally balling and I'll get I'll get more emails from these crappy solo episodes that I do where I totally <laughs> mess up and I say um too many times and I cry on it or whatever <laughs> and it's just this hot mess of an episode people are like man that was a good episode and you're like really it was the one that I hardly produced and I think you should produce quality content I'm not saying that but creating a space where you show up and have that vulnerable place where you give your audience that I think that's super important the consistency right. is important right at the very beginning this was a piece I didn't realize Um, where I had to relaunch my show because I had a show for about a year and then I relaunched it to the one that it is now. And this comes from Greg Clunas, a guy that I work with as well. But he talks about the importance of creating a buzz, you know, whenever you launch anything off the bat. Uh And I know this is kind of spread across really anything that you launch and do, but with the analytics, with iTunes and such, it's really important to, you know, on your launch day, create a lot of buzz around that. So you can get as many downloads and subscribers in a short amount of time. Uh There's a whole bunch of reasons for that. But if you can create, you know, when you launch your show, some kind of small little party around it or excitement around it where you can rally your people. And again, that's where your network comes in to say, hey, I'm starting this. This is super important. Would you mind just doing this for me? Creating a small fan base at the beginning is really right. helpful. I don't want to discourage people if they can't do that because I've worked with people launching their shows before and they're like, I don't have anyone who would subscribe. And I'm like, that's fine. Still do it. But if you can, gathering your people around to support you at the very beginning is really important just to kind of give that extra push. Yeah, I mean, I I certainly didn't do that with my show when I launched iTunes. And by the way, people, if you're listening to the show, uh, feel free to go on iTunes and (laughs) uh, write some uh, review. But 
I haven't launched this show in a, in a proper manner, but just because I started Facebook lives. And then after that, it only became the podcast, like on, on, until I found the process in, in a way to, to make it, you know, go on iTunes and everything like that. Like uh, make it, you know, audio version and video version for YouTube. Uh, now it's rolling, but still like I, I'm totally thinking about like how, how do I grow this in a way? Um, and we brought it up in the episode before where we said it's hard work, it's consistency. Um, it's a long game. But then again, as entrepreneurs, we always look for growth hacks, you know, kind of like, how can we yeah. do this right? Because, you know, like, um, it's important. Do you check your analytics anywhere? Like, do you track data? I do. I, I try, I'm always testing and trying different things. Um, one of the things I've noticed has been really important lately, and I really want to acknowledge you for it because it's something that you're doing, is making it easy for people to engage with your stuff and easy for people to share. People are and I mean this in the most respectful way possible, but they need things simplified as simple as possible. People don't care. (laughs) They don't care to dig to figure out how to do something. You have to be very blunt and honest and simple with this is how you share. This is what you need to do. And you've done a great job. I was just so admired all the stuff that you sent me before this. I was like, wow, he's on top of his game. (laughs) But the guests that you interview, the people that you want to engage, they have to it has to be super simple of how they can not only listen to your show, but share your show, you know, creating super simple links, creating, you know, have a page that explains how to subscribe to your podcast. I mean, break everything down for people because the moment they have to start thinking about it and putting a little effort in, unless it's your mom, they're probably don't love you enough to do it. Right. And it's not because you're, you suck. It's just because people have a lot going on. And so think about how can I make this a super simple, quick interaction with each person and get them to do what I need them to do. Right. And by the way, yesterday, I remember like you asked a question kind of like, how can you engage the people in a, in a, in a way, like at the end of the show. And like Leslie said, I just asked them something at the end of the show with one, one CTA on it, like make it simple. So it's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm now like, you know, I got my wheels turning, like thinking at the end of each episode, should, should I ask a question? How can I engage with the people that are listening right now? So yeah, yeah I'm just thinking about like making them really feel bad. So everybody listening and watching right now, if you're not going to iTunes right now, giving a five-star review and running the best that you can, then you should should feel bad for the rest of the week. (laughs) So anyways, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's totally like what you're saying is like making it easy to engage in and for, for other people to share content. So I know you got to go. I just want to wrap up and say uh, like, first of all, where can we find you and what's the best way to reach you? Yeah, sure. Um, well, go on iTunes, the weekly okay. parody. <laughs> um, yes. Mostly, I'd love for you guys to check that out. And you know, if you like this show, that's awesome. And if you don't, that's awesome. Like, let me know what you think. I would love for you to check it out. And you can find me on all social media platforms at Heather Parody, heatherparody.com. Make it super simple. Check out the show. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you want more of or isn't working for you, not cutting it. I would, I'm just super interested right now what people think and what people yeah. want what people like so i just love love hearing from people awesome and, and you got an awesome show by the way like i listened to just like you know a few episodes but uh, not not only for this specific podcast but i i listened to just a few like you know that interested me and it's a great show so everybody re- really you. i really recommend and so i'll link to everything here in the show notes and also what's uh what's some kind of resource that you can recommend like one great book that you read recently or, or a great youtube channel or something like that Man, 
I think if you struggle with the whole work-life balance thing with being a family person, uh, obviously Pat Flynn, I have a lot of respect for him and how he balances everything. Um, but also to yeah. Graham Cockrum, I interviewed him on the show um, a couple of months ago. It's about the hustle myth and he kind of breaks down how you can be successful. He built a six figure business working, you know, with set work hours and put his family as a priority and really, you know, Okay. advocates for that, which I respect a lot. You can check him out on YouTube, oh. Graham Cockrum, Hustle, put in Hustle. Okay. Yeah. Those are, those are what I would recommend. <laughs> totally. So I'll link to his YouTube channel and also to his interview with you, like in the show notes. So thank you so much, Heather. Like this has been an awesome episode, like tons of value here. I think we can all learn from you. And, and by the way you're doing everything. So it's like with such charm and authenticity and kind of like also you're, you're crushing it because I'm seeing like your social media posts are awesome. Your designs are great. Like a lot of entrepreneurs suck at design. Your designs are pretty awesome. Um, Coming from you, that's a big deal. Thank you. Yeah, no, I mean like you invest in everything. Like you, you have a high standard for everything that you do. And I really love that about you. Like you're, you're doing that and you're making things not scalable at the same time and networking like crazy. Keep on doing amazing work. And I guess I'll have to have you on again for the show to just like keep on talking about <laughs> so many other things awesome so, so honored yeah. thank you so much thank you so much and thank you everybody for being here with us again go on itunes and review this and uh, also write your comments down below how was this episode any thoughts that rise for any any questions that rise you know following this episode feel free to uh, reach out to heather and me and i'll link everything very soon here in the show notes bye everybody all right and that's a wrap hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did please uh, consider sharing with a colleague or friend that you think would benefit from listening to it and if i may ask for one more thing this is a new podcast so i would love if you could like help me out and please rate it on itunes this would really help the podcast reach more audience so helping me make more impact so you only have to do this once, like not every episode, and it has tremendous impact. I'll be super, super grateful. So um, if you can, just rate me on iTunes. Thanks a lot, and see you again on the next episode. The whole beauty and curse of all of this is that there is no roadmap, and you have to figure out what works for you, especially at the beginning until you have people helping you, like VA or employer or something like that. You cannot do everything, at least do it well. You may not have all the resources, you may not have all the education, you may not have the training, but all you have to do is care a little bit more than the next guy, and you can make it. I completely believe it's those who don't give up for what's coming. And I think that the universe, God, whatever you that you believe in, gives us little bitty pieces and says, hey, are you going to be faithful with this? And until we show that we are, we're not going to be given more and given more.